But again, the point is that we are all deeply interconnected. We do derive from and return to the same source. As long as that is not understood in a conscious sense, and as long as that potency, that, that tremendous direct realization, as long as that remains unconscious, we will continue to project the shadow of our finite selves as separate beings upon the world. Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. I'm Keith Fiveson, your host. On this podcast, I spoke with Dr. Judson Davis, who's a university educator, an author, depth psychologist, counselor, filmmaker, and world traveler. He holds a doctorate of philosophy in East-West psychology from the California Institute of Integral Studies and a master's degree in counseling psychology from the Pacifica Graduate Institute. He's taught on the university, college, and corporate levels in California, Germany, Japan, and South Korea, and he's been providing online counseling for well over a decade. He's presently teaching a comparative study of Jungian psychology and Tibetan Buddhism that explores their respective precepts and contemplative practices, especially about their creative use of symbols, sacred symbols, and archetypal imagery as a dynamic agent for healing and change. We got into it and welcome Dr. Judson Davis. Hey, 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 here is Dr. Judson Davis in the house. How are you, Judson? How's it going? Doing well, Keith. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness gracious! I am so happy to have you here. Uh, I'm 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 actually feeling a little intimidated. I mean, I'm I'm seriously uh, in awe of the work you're doing, and uh, I know you've written a book called The Sacred Image. It's uh, about C.J. Jung and the Western embrace of Tibetan Buddhism, and I'm, I'm I want to talk about that. I want to talk about you know life. I want to talk about the world. I want to talk about what's happening in the world, the shadow, the light. I want to talk about some, you know, some involution and evolution and what that's all about. Uh, so where in the world should we start? Um, uh, so I have, a, I have a quote for you, and I'm wondering, and I think you, you'd recognize this quote by James George asking for the earth. A new order on earth will not begin, I believe, until we all learn to see the pollution in our hearts. And that will not happen until many of us, a critical mass, experience the remorse, a real change of consciousness. Ah, wow. So could we start with that maybe, or start with the whole area of consciousness? Because I know that, you know, from a psychological viewpoint we're really they say 95 percent is unconscious five percent is conscious what's going on underneath all of that and 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 what about something like that quote well i think it's a wonderful quote and i think it's very much relevant to what we're seeing in the world today hmm. uh, from a psychological standpoint especially uh depth psychology mm-hmm. we know uh, that there is this huge universe Hmm. that exists within us that we are not normally conscious of. And it may come through in the form of dreams, through visionary experience. It may be in some way elicited uh, by images Mm -hmm. that we encounter in the so-called outside world, which actually reflect inner processes. Um, But Hmm. In relation to the present state of the world today and the direction to which we're going and the need for all of us to um, mm-hmm. accept, uncover and and deal directly with our shadow aspects, I think this is what we're seeing in the world today. We live in a time of great uh, discord and division. We're seeing all of the institutions mm-hmm. um, 
and paradigms break down. It's very much present in the in the American political um, discord, but we see it everywhere. And we also see our environment um, disintegrating as a result of our behaviors and our inability to understand the interconnection mm. between mm-hmm. humanity and the natural world. Mm-hmm. And this is something that um, Carl Jung held very dear. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also had a, a vision which has been brought forth um, in modern times through the work of, Chris, of Christopher Bache and Stanislav Grof, but especially Bache. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, wait, 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 wait. Before we get over to Bache, I want to sure. back back the truck up a bit, all okay. right? Because sure. what you just dropped there was some really intense, heavy nuggets, right? You know, there's this other quote that I, I think is a Carl Jung quote, which is, we are not the main event. We are we take on the persona of the world, unus mundus, right? And this whole idea of what you're saying, I mean, we're 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 kind of we we re, the world reflects us, and we reflect the world, right? You know, it's it's that, and I believe we're like dealing with a collective trauma. And it's a collective trauma that's like impacted the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, because we are of the world, we are, you know, we are, we are, we are made of the world. We are made of stars, right? So how can we not feel the trauma that's going on in the environment and the, in the, you know, with the oceans, with the, uh, uh, species that, you know, with life forms, you know, is that kind of what you're talking about when you when you talk about the shadow, this sort of sense of the shadow? Is that is that what you mean in some way? Well, it's very much uh, related to what you just outlined. I think in human incarnation on this planet, we uh, are finite beings. Mm-hmm. But as Jung uh, so beautifully articulated, um, and of course, this is central to Tibetan Buddhism and and other uh, disciplines, our true nature is infinite. Mm. We derive from a timeless source Mm -hmm. of of tremendous immensity, of essentially no boundaries. This is the non-local, all-encompassing paradigm of of modern physics. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's another story. But um, in relation to the shadow, I think living as a finite being and not understanding our interconnection to the natural world and not understanding uh, the ways in which we project our own limitations upon others, upon uh, uh, political viewpoints, any number of, of contexts. All of this is in many ways destructive and because Mm. the human species has not yet really evolved to a point Mm -hmm. in which much of this infinite awareness Mm -hmm. has manifested on a planetary level because we remain such limited finite beings we have continued to approach the natural world and ourselves from a very limited perspective and that from, a, from a point of individuation that somehow we're separate from not of we're all kind of you know i i was with a indigenous uh uh, uh, Native American Indian uh, over the weekend. He he spoke at a conference I was at, and he said, "You know, we're all circles. We we we, you know, the West, the white man doesn't realize that we're all circles. We're all interconnected. What flows through you flows through me. We're all of the earth. We're all, you know, we're all hurting each other. And you're my brother, and you're my sister, and you're my family. We're we're all of the same family." You know, not only of the same family, but of the same essential substance of the same source. The term unus mundus, which you referenced earlier, Mm -hmm. is Latin for one world or one unitary world, which Jung um, articulated uh, in his work, Mm -hmm. having discovered this in medieval alchemy, which is Mm -hmm. all about Mm -hmm. taking the separations 
mm-hmm. in the world and merging them mm. into a unified form. And mm-hmm. um, it had uh, on uh, an exterior or exoteric level mm-hmm. the association with chemical processes, mm-hmm. but there was uh, very much a, an, a, a psychological and spiritual aspect to the work of many of the alchemists. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Jung integrated this into his opus or great work, mm-hmm. his psychological theories. It really became the cornerstone of his late work. Mm. But again, the point is that we are all deeply interconnected. We do derive mm-hmm. from and return to the same source. Mm. As long as that is not understood in a conscious sense, mm-hmm. and as long mm-hmm. as that potency, that that tremendous, um, mm-hmm. the energy that comes with that direct mm-hmm. realization, as long as that remains unconscious, mm-hmm. we will continue to project the shadow of our mm-hmm. finite selves mm-hmm. as separate beings right. upon the world. And Got this, it. I believe, is the... Mm-hmm greatest process the greatest challenge that we are are facing we mm-hmm. are in the grips of a mm-hmm. uh, a birth episode mm-hmm. in which the old paradigm is dying away and we are bringing forth or birthing a new awareness mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that requires the dissolution the destruction of not only existing paradigms and of course the most prevalent paradigm of the last 300 years is scientific materialism which Mm -hmm. is all about man being separate from nature Mm -hmm. man being the dominant species Um, and this is very much a a sort of misdirection um, in relation to our our broader interconnectedness but it also goes on very much between people um, our relationships, our our social uh, constructs, our ability to understand and accept, as your earlier point mm-hmm. very nicely articulated, the fact that we are interconnected mm-hmm. with Native mm-hmm. Indians, with people of other right. uh, backgrounds and uh, ethnic um, traditions, and really, as as Jung pointed out, our reach in the collective unconscious what we carry within us and what we bring forth into this world extends back hundreds of thousands of years Mm. and it also extends into the future Mm -hmm. because in that state of origin we are in not Mm -hmm. a finite state but an infinite state Mm -hmm. a timeless state a state in which boundaries Oh, man. Oh, man. Come on, Judson. You're really talking my language now. You know, you're you're talking about stuff that I talk about all the time, but kind of people look at me a little weird about, you know, (laughs) it's sort of like I say, the only the only the only thing that is eternal. We talk about, you know, uh, dying and being in the eternal. And I, I say the only thing that really is eternal in this lifetime is now. And the only thing that really creates the future is the is the awareness and the presence of now and the potential for us to connect with the opportunity to create something in the future. So, and that is based on our own intention. That's based on, because that's the rudder of the ship. That's the thing that moves the energy ball and moves us towards whatever energy process you know, from a quantum field that we want to go ahead and move into. So this whole idea of the past and the future, yeah, they 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 do exist in a philosophical way or in a memory way or in an anxiety way, right? Or in a regret way, regret being the past, anxiety being the future. Now, what am I doing? Now, where am I? Now, how am I being with myself? Am I a human being or am I moving into human doing? So that area of potential in that meaning-making machine, I think that's to your earlier point. I was going to ask you, what do you think? How do you think we lost our way? I mean, I what popped in my head when we were talking was the, uh, you know, I'm sure you know Freud's uh, Sigmund Freud's nephew Edward Bernays, uh, and if you don't, I mean, you know, a real big figure. He's the guy who created propaganda. He's the guy who created the PR machine and really 
told us all that consumerism was good. You know, being happy with what you have isn't good enough. That somehow, if you don't have something, if you're there's a fear of missing out, that somehow we're not good enough. Somehow, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, you know, are are good for consumerism. And I think that's a thing that continues to play out that disconnects us in some way from our eternal goodness, our sense of happiness, our sense of beingness, our sense of family and community, mm-hmm. and then has us being disconnected from our true selves. Mm-hmm. Well, you you mention um, individuation, mm-hmm. and I there's a wonderful book by Eric Newman, who is one of Jung's um, students and colleagues, mm-hmm. um, in which he explores the evolution of consciousness. And in a, a very brief nutshell, mm-hmm. we start as unconscious entities, like a child is unconscious when born, that uh, arises from the origin, in this case, the mother's womb. Mm-hmm. And over a period of many years, and in a collective context, hundreds of thousands of years, um, we develop an ever-increasing uh, state of consciousness, of mm. self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of that process requires that we move away from the original state of oneness, mm-hmm. become separate entities mm. as part of developing self-awareness and heightened states, or ex- I wouldn't say heightened, but um, ever-increasing states of of. Uh, discerning consciousness Mm -hmm. and then ultimately as in the personal journey Mm -hmm. the hero's journey of Campbell's Mm -hmm. work and of course Jung Mm -hmm. we return to that originary state Mm -hmm. as conscious Mm -hmm. or even actually supra conscious Mm -hmm. entities who have gone through this remarkable hero's journey from Mm -hmm. Uh, unconscious birth into finite form having Mm -hmm. been uh, Mm -hmm. having emerged from the mother womb that we go through this whole process of of development Mm -hmm. Um, and again we're in the middle now from a a socio-historical standpoint of this separation Mm -hmm. um, this separation that apparently is part of a broader plan or process Mm -hmm. and The great challenge is Mm. to reunify Mm -hmm. as a highly conscious, highly aware Mm -hmm. entity back into this Mm. all-encompassing infinite source. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that in a a very rough nutshell is Mm -hmm. much of what's taking place at the moment. We Mm -hmm. are moving out of the period of male dominance, which is mm-hmm. all about the assertion of individual um, authority, the separation from yeah. nature. Patriarchy and the whole thing. The, the, yeah. yeah. And we are heading back toward the womb mm. from mm-hmm. which we originate, but we're doing so now with the potential for a, a, a super consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, and so this, is this, where Chris think, ba- is, is this where Chris uh, is? Is this where Chris Bakes or Box is it? Big? Uh, uh, it's Beige. Beige. That's what I thought. Is this where Chris Beige's work uh, on the mind of the universe? Is that where some of that comes in from your view and this sort of great interconnection, the great awareness that we are one, we are one with, not you know above, but one with, and that we can co-create with each other. Uh, a new world uh, 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 with, by tapping into this the mind of the universe, as he calls it? That is exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Bache, um is, I think, one of the, the visionaries who mm-hmm. is... Now, you studied based, with him. You studied with him, didn't you? Didn't you I didn't study di- with him directly. Right. Um, you did a lot he, of work with him, right? I mean, he's one of your... He's been yes. one of the people that you've deeply admired, right? Yes, yeah. he has... Um, uh, informed much of my work mm-hmm. in various capacities um, and is most certainly a, a very prominent influence. I think one of the leading visionaries in what we're discussing right now. And um, he went through a 20 year period of um, 
psychedelic psychotherapy based on on Groff's Stanislav Groff's um, right. pioneering work, and went through um, this tr incredible hmm. hero's journey in which he would venture into other dimensions, mm -hmm. and there. Um, being guided through each one of these remarkable uh, transformations and mm -hmm. awakenings would experience realities that cannot be put into words on a human level. Mm -hmm. um, this mm -hmm. is very much aligned with the notion in Buddhism of of, uh, uh, of a multi-universe, mm -hmm. of uh, innumerable right. dimensions existing simultaneously mm -hmm. alongside the human dimension right. the dharmakaya um, the sambhogakaya yes you know, so and much. and uh, you know um sugavati the the western paradise of amitabha this is just one of mm -hmm. innumerable dimensions of various levels um mm -hmm. earth is understood but in buddhism and also in basha's mm -hmm. discoveries as being this place as we discussed earlier in which we are separated from our origin, which mm -hmm. is infinite and timeless and divine, mm -hmm. placed in this environment in what is really a, a very sort of dense and um, unsophisticated form mm -hmm. as a finite entity. And then we go through this process of, of, de of development um, in his experience reincarnation is a reality and these lives are part of this long process of adapting to this mm -hmm. dimension which is of dense physical makeup and over time and this uh, mirrors your earlier uh, comment of involution evolution which yeah. is the work of Sri Aurobindo and this is central to Basha's work as well, mm -hmm. that we are bringing into the human dimension that divine origin. Mm -hmm. And so we are essentially returning to our roots and returning to a state of the infinite on earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you, we, the Christianity speaks of the new Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. um, there are uh, Buddhist tantras that speak of this. There are... Um, all kinds of um, religious parables mm -hmm. that relate to this idea. But what we have in Beish's work is a remarkable mm -hmm. firsthand account of innumerable um, experiences, transitions, dramatic mm. uh, realizations in other dimensions mm -hmm. um, that brings all of this into a, a much clearer, well-defined mm -hmm. focus. Mm -hmm. And what he is essentially saying, and, and the, the title of his second book and his first book on this subject is Dark Night, Early Dawn. Mm -hmm. Human, humanity is going through or is headed toward a dark night of the soul, mm. which is necessary as part of breaking down the finite limits mm -hmm. of our present psychology and, and mentality and identity ushering out the old paradigms which mm -hmm. are so destructive at present and making mm -hmm. room for opening mm -hmm. to the bringing forth or the birthing of a, a greatly heightened mm -hmm. awareness mm -hmm. on on this planet in which mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. through our our connection as mm -hmm. you pointed out earlier we become co participants mm -hmm. in the creation of a new reality well you know it's uh what you've talked about is so heavy uh from the viewpoint of um kind of like going from you know uh being a a, a first grader to going into a, a phd of really the soul and the connection between the root energy and the crown energy and really understanding you know the 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 areas of consciousness that we are we are the we are both the solution and we are the problem right that you know that yes. you know that that collectively we are the solution and collectively we are the problem and right. you know if we and if we 
aren't able to attune to that, if we aren't able to co-regulate with each other, if we aren't able to create a social space for, for what uh, a good friend of mine calls social mindfulness, you know, the ability to just breathe with each other yes, you know, and, and really start to really be mindful about the things that we need to do to go ahead and breathe more air and breathe more oxygen literally spirit into the world because i always talk about the root word for breath is spear as in inspire as in aspire as in perspire as in expire right and you know it's it's that loss or that that movement of breath into the world to go ahead and actualize itself so uh, I'm wondering when we start talking about Chris Bache and you mentioned Stanislav Grof, you know, they're both of them, both of those people have been involved in psychedelics. That's an area of interest. And we've talked about it on the podcast several times uh, in respect to mindfulness. And in more importantly, um, I believe that there is a there is a, uh, a, ma- a mashup, if you will, between the understanding of, uh, let's say, Tantra, you know, uh, a, uh, a Sri Yantra uh, kind of uh, understanding of breath work from the, you know, doing uh, whether or not it's Kabbalah Bhati or working through a holotropic breath work process, you know, there is this area of looking to open up consciousness, more air into the brain, more areas that we can access, more relaxation parasympathetic nervous system relaxation response you know get us there and then there is the fast track to be able to go ahead and quiet down the default mode network and which is all part of what the meditation process is about Mm -hmm. and to allow us to go ahead and just be calm and look underneath the waters of our consciousness Mm -hmm. and with psychedelics it seems to quiet the default mode network immediately or certainly within an hour depending upon what you've taken but the point being is that then you're able to go ahead and excavate do the excavation and really do the receptivity around that so when you talk about stanislav Grof or chris Bache and the work around tantra and or as we look at jung because Jung also did this excavation, you know, into the subconscious area. I wonder if we can like unpack that a little bit, seeing, you know, how do you see the disciplines contributing to our understanding of the human condition, maybe individually or collectively, since we're going through this process? And, you know, what are what 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 do you think the hope is? I mean, whether or not it's through psychedelics or whether or not it's through the mindfulness revolution, at least teaching people how to breathe and be calm a little bit. I'm just, I know it's a very, I, there's a lot to unpack in here. So forgive me, but I'm wondering if you might be able to help me crystallize it a little bit. Yes. And I think, <laughs> you know, there, and that, you're right. It's a huge, huge yeah, area. Huge, and much yeah. of it remains a great mystery. Uh, we have methods for, dissolving the ego and opening to um, a greatly heightened or even infinite unitary awareness. Mm -hmm. And it also can happen spontaneously um, without one even trying. I mean, these are the kinds of of things that Groft coined spiritual emergencies when Mm -hmm. suddenly someone's normal waking consciousness is shattered by merging with the totality and instead of embracing it in the in the sense of of knowing that one is touching one's origin many people with a a greatly reduced sort of capacity or or understanding of course freak out yeah and And just to be clear just to be clear i mean Stanislav Karov, after he separated, you know, his relationship with Timothy Leary, really went into breath work, coleotropic breath work to go ahead and achieve these altered states of consciousness, right? I mean, that was really his hallmark of his lifetime, really helping to say, listen, you can achieve altered states of consciousness or, or, or tap into these areas through breath work. Right. And without taking without taking LSD or psilocybin or any of the other chemicals that might be there. So, right. Um, 
To my knowledge, although I believe Groff, who is now in his 90s, is for the most part retired, my my understanding is he didn't completely abandon the use of, of right. psychedelics. Um, and he is still a proponent of, psych, of uh, psychedelic psychotherapy. And this is something that actually is gaining a, a fair bit of traction now um, in the more liberal uh sectors of of the field but he certainly did and i think he succeeded quite well wish to develop an alternative to drug use as a way of uh, eliciting these expanded states and so again holotropic breath work is one of various methods that has been used over the centuries in various cultures and various contexts you have at times you know um the use of uh, magic mushrooms in many native um, traditions, for example, um, in the same way that Bache and, and Groff and others have used um, right. psychedelics in modern times. So mm -hmm. it's not a new... Um, no, it's been know, a, it's it's, centuries, centuries. Yeah. It's, this is part of the sacred rite and part of the sacred rituals of getting in touch with the divine to open up the areas of consciousness. That's right. And so for a moment, let's... I'd like to put the methods aside and, and answer your question dealing what I hope will be a more direct response to really the, the essence of what we're trying to get at, yeah. how this relates to uh, an awakening and the creation of, of, um, of a new earth, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, Jung and Tantra, each in their own way, um, deal directly with the notion of the God archetype. Mm -hmm. For Jung, it was um, representative of, of a, a, an inherent rel religious instinct in humanity. Mm. On a different level, in a different context, Buddhism approaches this from uh, a similar, Tibetan Buddhism, Tantric mm -hmm. Buddhism, mm -hmm. approaches this from a, a generally similar standpoint. Mm -hmm. Now, there are obvious distinctions between the Jungian self with a big S mm -hmm. and the no self or sunyata Dharmakaya. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's something that I think our listeners, um, because they would be of a more sophisticated, more educated mm -hmm. uh, background, can, can decipher without too much further explanation. But what is the central point here is that each traditions uses god images and sacred mm. symbols mm -hmm. to elicit expanded consciousness mm. um tantric practice is a, 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 a very complex mm. process um with different lineages and different approaches different meditational deities but essentially the the deity is understood as an archetype of our mm -hmm. inner nature mm -hmm. and jung has articulated beautifully and this was followed up very much in by von franz and joseph campbell and, and others in their work um the notion of archetypes of mm -hmm. of primordial images that are inherent in the human psyche both personally and collectively and that elicit mm -hmm. a an expansion of consciousness mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I think you did a you did a beautiful book uh, job in in the book that uh, your book that I read, really talking about the intersection between the Jungian depth psychology and the Buddhist, the Tantra, you know, the Tantric Buddhist Tantra, and uh, I, I I the Tibetan Buddhist Tantra, and I thought that you know you did that so well, really talking about from an archetypal viewpoint, helping us to transcend ourselves, not as that we would in the West kind of devote ourselves to but more importantly in the tibetan model embody right mm -hmm. that we would yes. embody those principles and bring those into the world and that we ourselves have that capability to take on those those characteristics yeah Absolutely. And again, it's fascinating that a tradition, um, the Tantric tradition dates back to somewhere between five and 600 of the common era, mm -hmm. arrived in Tibet in the mid seventh century and for more than three, 1300 years has gone through this process of development and refinement with 
uh, its different uh, lineages and uh, Mahamudra, which is the tantric creative and meditative practices. Um, but they, they employ God images as sacred archetypal uh, reflections of one's inner being. Mm -hmm. And we don't have time today to go into that in great detail, but mm -hmm. if you don't mind, I'd like to share something from a Jungian standpoint that mirrors this, um, please, this notion please, please. Yeah. Please, yeah, in a more, in a, in a very much a, a contemporary context. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to share with you a dream um, of my mm -hmm. own and how amplification and Oh, good, 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 good. I think I okay. know the dream. So, yeah, please do. Okay. So, I this is mm -hmm. my dream, and it goes as follows. I am standing in a room, and I'm engaged in a conversation that reveals with great certainty that, a, at, that at a later date, I will be involved in the dissemination of Jung's theories to a wider audience. This realization is accompanied by a strong sense of personal pride at the prospect of professional accomplishment and recognition in the outer world. Then I suddenly pass through a curtain and find myself on a football field preparing to kick a field goal that will signify my success in this endeavor. But when I kick the ball, it hits the goalpost and falls short. Then I wake up. This is a, a real dream. Mm -hmm. I was left with the undeniable sense that this dream had special significance and at the same time was confused by the seemingly contradictory messages it provided. So intent upon uncovering its deeper meaning, I chose to engage in the practice of active imagination, which mm. is an imaginal exercise created by Jung in which one re-enters the dream mm -hmm. in a conscious state by focusing upon a primary image and then allowing the inner drama to unfold of mm. its own accord, mm. guided by the unconscious. Mm. In this case, the goalpost was clearly the most prominent figure. And so with this image firmly in mind, I proceeded to close my eyes, concentrate my focus. And then after a few unsuccessful attempts, I experienced the following. Now this is happening mm -hmm. within me mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. happening spontaneously because mm -hmm. I am focused on the goalpost, the prima materia mm -hmm. from the dream. And I'm just waiting for it to take off mm -hmm. of its own accord. And this again is allowing the unconscious to take that image from mm -hmm. which it derives mm -hmm. and then move it forward to a conclusion. Mm -hmm. So in a short time, I found myself again on the football field, this time playing quarterback. Mm -hmm. Each time I tried to pass the ball, I was quickly tackled. Mm -hmm. Finally, I decided to keep the ball and attempt to cross the goal line by my own volition and was then able to maneuver my way through the defense, ultimately being brought down as I successfully crossed the goal line. Mm -hmm. As the football I was carrying touched the ground, mm. it suddenly turned into an enlarged glowing blue diamond. Mm. And this was accompanied by a wordless telepathic communication mm -hmm. It can only be described as a sacred revelation, mm. one that arose from a deeper part of myself that I rarely have direct access to, and yet somehow instinctively know to be my true self. Mm. Mm. And what this communication revealed to me was that the goal in life mm -hmm. is not about achieving success or status in the outer world. Mm -hmm but rather the true meaning of this life is to reconnect, to return home mm. to the very source of one's being. Mm. Now, this mm. is a true story and, and it blew my mind. I, was, um, I had just started a master's degree in counseling psychology program at mm. Pacifica Graduate Institute, which um, is mm. the, the visionary creation of Dr. Steven Eisenstadt. Right. And we were studying Jung and learning about active imagination. And I chose to engage in this mm -hmm. process mm -hmm. as part of my own education. Mm -hmm. Never could I have imagined mm. that what I just explained right. Love it. would occur. Mm. And again, it, it shows you the, the, the reach of Jung's mm -hmm. 
understanding of the human psyche and the manner in which um, prima materia, the, mm. the prime material, the images that arise in dreams mm -hmm. in line with the scenario that unfolds, as I explained a moment ago, mm -hmm. serves as a connecting link between the finite personality, which Jung described as the number one personality, mm -hmm. our ego consciousness, yeah, the persona, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with mm -hmm. the greater self, the, 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 the infinite, timeless, um, right. totality from which we arise. And it is, it is Jung's and Tibetan Buddhism's um, fervent mm -hmm. emphasis that the, the extent to which a human being mm -hmm. can connect with that inner sense mm -hmm. of divinity, mm -hmm. to that extent, that person derives true mm -hmm. inner meaning. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So, from an integrative viewpoint, you know, I, I talk about living life from the inside out rather than the outside in, you know, uh, because, you know, who are we or what are we other than the mind, the body, you know, our breath, you know, the food that we take in, the thoughts that we think, the, you know, the, the sleep that we get or the dreams that we get, right? And then how do we bring that out into the world in our relationships, in our environment, and then in our aspirations? So. What you just described there, the number one, the number two personalities, I was going to ask you, you know, how do people get in touch with their number one, number two personalities? I think most people are living life from the outside in and they don't necessarily, they haven't really tapped into that, you know, that, that inner world, that, that, that primary state of awareness, that, that, that true state, that blue diamond state that you talked about exactly and and blue diamond is one of mm -hmm. this came out of nowhere here you mm -hmm. have a modern individual who happens to be a football fan mm -hmm. and in his dream right. that personal imagery from his mm -hmm. personal unconscious mm -hmm. is brought forth in an expanded Right. context so that the lesson the scenario goes through that individual's mm -hmm. um personal inclinations and interests and then evolves or mm -hmm. or uh, um expands into a right. a collective and and a greatly expanded realization collective in the sense that the mm -hmm. blue diamond is one of the great symbols of the soul right, right. And right. is also the primary symbol, or one of the primary symbols, in Tibetan Vajrayana, right. the mm -hmm. diamond vehicle. Right. And you have in Beisha's work, um, mm -hmm. Diamonds from Heaven, mm -hmm. uh, which is the subtitle to the book you mentioned earlier, um, The Mind of the Universe, mm -hmm. LSD in the Mind of the Universe, Diamonds mm -hmm. from Heaven. Mm -hmm. This was his direct experience. He mm -hmm. actually entered into the state of sunyata the clear light of dharmakaya near the end of this 20-year journey uh, among any number of other um remarkable uh revelations that unfolded and the point here is that these are universal archetypes they do exist they do come from uh, another part of ourselves that we don't normally have access to mm -hmm. so by coming in contact with these extremely potent sacred mm -hmm. symbols and images, we create the possibility of mm -hmm. linking with right. mm -hmm. these two, this is a crude representation, but these two fundamental mm -hmm. uh, dimensions, the right. egoic mm -hmm. consciousness, the persona that inhabits human form on this planet right. Right. is just the tiniest part of this piece of it yeah. of this true reality which we are and from which we come but you know um, really so, judson so but, but let me just interrupt very because we're, sure. we could probably take another hour or two on this subject but here i let me let's just break it down for the simple guy right because okay. what we're you know i let's say i work 12 hours a day i'm i'm working on a job just to survive i'm bringing home the bacon for my family and you know we're just scraping by 
And, you know, I'm just trying to go ahead and be present for them and try to get the little teeniest morsel of happiness and joy. Because, you know, as you know, you've traveled all around the world. You know that, you know, people all want food, shelter, clothing, someone to love and someone to love them. You know, that's it. It's very simple. You know, that's all we want, really. Food, shelter, clothing, someone to love and someone to love them. You know, and that's completeness. So at the end of the day, you know, when you've given your soul and uh, given all your cake into the world and you come home with crumbs, how do you, how do you find that? How do you find those moments? How do you, do you find it when, wherever you are? I, I always say you try to find it, be present to your own breath and your own magnificence, you know, that kind of a thing. Well, that's a, that's a beautiful analogy. And it, but again, the question is, how do we tap that magnificence when right. we spend our lives, for the most part, in these very um, superficial yeah. contexts? Now, no, we're all saying, plugged into the matrix, man. We're plugged into the matrix, whether or not we'd <laughs> like it or not. Well, we're certainly plugged in. I, um, you make a very good point, and I think this is one of the great challenges. Mm. Now, it's perfectly legitimate. It's perfectly part of our present human consciousness to focus on the things you just mentioned. And, mm. and all of us have to make a living and, and deal with you know, relationships and family commitments, all these kinds of things. But I think what we're going to see... Mm increasingly and i think it's already showing itself are inclinations and and intuitions that arise from within that are very often unexpected and serve as connecting links to this infinite part of ourselves that is attempting to emerge on this planet through our finite uh, identities. Now, as much as we can loosen our grip on our sense of social identity and personal identity from the standpoint of age and gender and a background and edu all of these labels that ultimately limit our sense of self, the more that can be loosened, the more we allow room for this broader energy to enter mm. more than that i would recommend to mm -hmm. anyone who is present on any level mm -hmm. in our planet to breathe as you said mm -hmm. loosen their grip on the world and mm -hmm. relax into what mm -hmm. is directly in front of them mm. and be open to inspiration be open to the presence of a tree mm. mm -hmm. that in some way touches you deeply. You can't perhaps explain it. There are no words or rational mm. conceptions, but there is something coming through and your engagement mm -hmm. with that natural symbol, which is an archetype, mm -hmm. the tree of life. Mm -hmm. This has power. This has potency. It has the ability to establish a connecting link or serve as a threshold between the number one and number two personalities, the finite and the infinite. I am not mm. <laughs> a visionary in the sense that I can tell you how this is going to, to, to unfold. I don't think mm. even Beish in his tremendously expanded experience mm. can say it will follow this set mm. of right. processes right. Or, or steps. But I do think there must be ultimately the dying of the old mm -hmm. in both a personal and collective sense. We are not a, a, uh, a bag of skin with an ego, mm -hmm. as Watts, mm -hmm. Ellen Watts once mm -hmm. uh, commented. We are mm -hmm. an infinite mm -hmm. source mm -hmm. projected in earthly terms mm -hmm. as a finite identity. Right. And the mission of Sri Aurobindo, mm -hmm. the mission of involution, evolution, and mm -hmm. Beish, uh, and Groff and others very much articulate this within that context, is for our origin, which is infinite, mm -hmm. to become ever more present in human incarnation on this planet. And mm. that is 
the project that we're now dealing with, I believe, in this planetary process that we're going through. Mm. As T Richard Tarnas mm -hmm. observed, Jung arrived at the understanding that before a new archetypal par paradigm can be brought into being, mm -hmm. it, the, the, the process first manifests its opposite. And mm. that's what we're seeing now. That's we're what seeing, we're seeing the, now, for sure. Yeah. The division, the discord, the ecological destruction, all of it is mm. taking place. But this is apparently part of a broader process mm. <laughs> that is necessary in order to break down our boundaries and limitations and make room for mm. the emergence of mm. this broader consciousness. Mm. Um, I want to just mention also yeah. the work of Annalise Smitsman and Jean uh -huh. Houston, um, who are doing some amazing things in mm -hmm. their recent books and courses. Mm. Um, they are aligned as well with mm -hmm. Steve uh, Eisenstadt of Pacifica Graduate Institute. Mm -hmm. um, these are some of the other visionaries who are mm -hmm. blazing the trail forward. And there are many of them in the world doing amazing work. So mm -hmm. I think we live in very, very interesting times. Interesting times. I, I think <laughs> yeah, you I, live I think in interesting times. Yeah. I, I think we're also <laughs> going to see um, a lot of dissolution and destruction of the old paradigms mm -hmm. as part of making mm -hmm. way finally for the birth of this this new being well i think that's a good point to end with a, a quote from stanislav Grof, who said uh that uh, tibetan buddhism describes the time of death as a unique opportunity for spiritual liberation from cycles of death and rebirth in a period that determines our next incarnation so as you know as they say the mind that created as einstein said the mind that created the problem is not the same mind that can solve the problem you know we need a different mind and uh i think it's that aspect of acceptance you know moving into the sense of yeah and i think we've got more acceptance and, and much less denial and more and more as we start to take a look at psychology as we start to take a look at mindfulness as we start to take a look at our collectivism this 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 collective unconscious or the collective trauma that really seeks to heal itself yes you know through this last two three years over a million people dying so on and so forth we really do have a a, a reawakening and an urge to really live lives that are full and be in concert with our own true nature which is nature you know, so yes. it's uh, it's it's uh, it's hope. I I do hope that to be so. But to your earlier point, you know, I I spoke with someone the other day, and we were talking about from cocoon to butterfly, right? She has a process called the cocoon to butterfly method. But you know, what about the caterpillar? You know. Well, we we are the caterpillar. It's interesting yeah. you should mention that because this is exactly what uh, Annalise Smitsman and Jean Houston use as their primary symbol of transformation. We are caterpillars, but we're going to go through mm -hmm. this process of gestation, of, of, of inner transformation, and ultimately when we shed the old yes. skin, the old paradigm, what emerges is this butterfly this this right. being of expanded consciousness that has the capacity to create mm -hmm. a new world a new world mm -hmm. that is much more closely aligned with our divine origins mm -hmm. not our present limitations mm. wouldn't that be beautiful and 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 would it be beautiful if we could do it without people uh without the without the caterpillar dying but i'm afraid that there are you know caterpillars have to there's a metamorphosis there. There's a transformation there. There's a letting go. There is actually um, uh, Lisa, Dr. Lisa Longworth, uh, uh, who is who I had on the show. Uh, she talks about the the fact that the uh, caterpillar actually secretes a fluid that they wind up eating in gestation in the womb. 
So it's all it's the break the breaking down of the caterpillar's body is actually the nutrients that really are used by the butterfly to create this new life. And I I thought that was heavy. I thought that was whoa, you know. And it also um directly points to the fact that this is a broader mm-hmm. process that is beyond our present understanding. There is something that is inherent in our makeup and in the collective process that is unfolding. I think the extent to which we can awaken to it allows for participation and mm-hmm. an, uh, a, a less a lower level of destruction. The destruction is necessary to break down the old identity. And that's where the caterpillar dies to itself. But right. in that breakdown, and this is the dark night of the soul, right? Right. We have the alchemical mm-hmm. process of mm-hmm. death and rebirth. And why it happens this way, mm-hmm. to what extent it's necessary that people experience death and destruction. These are all primary questions, but I think the more we can awaken to approaching these phenomena with a totally open mind and with um, a sense of trust and resonance with this greater process that seems to be unfolding, the more we can allow it to become part of who we are and the more we can help to participate consciously mm-hmm. in the birthing of of this new Beautiful. awakening. So Beautiful. it's a it's a fascinating thing. Lisa, whose work I'm familiar with, um, was spot on in her observation. These are the the symbols used again by Smitsman and, and Houston, right. and you have a real convergence here. I think of of different. Mm-hmm. visionaries who mm-hmm. are understanding that mm-hmm. that we are in the midst of something truly profound right and by embracing mm-hmm. their work and by embracing most of all the mm-hmm. the god image the mm-hmm. inherent divinity within us mm-hmm. we become part of that process oh man, oh, man. And part of our collective destiny oh man uh so you know we could we could we could really i i just want to talk to you for forever not well maybe not forever but certainly a a lot longer than the time we've got dr judson davis uh new book or certainly a book that really gets into the western embrace of tibetan buddhism and uh it's called the sacred image uh cg jung and uh it really uh embraces a lot of these esoteric traditions and uh the holistic approach to really find a deep affinity for nature using all of the principles of psychology and tantric disciplines and complex symbolisms it's a fascinating read and fascinating conversation to have i want to thank you very much for showing up and being on the show uh and uh uh how can people get a hold of you if they need to uh thank you for asking um the book itself was actually published a few years back but i'm presently offering a course based Mm -hmm. on the book and my other publications and a number of of very pertinent resources both from jung's work in tibetan buddhism um, through my institute which is the institute of east-west interdisciplinary studies mm-hmm. and the website is www.east-westinstitute.com mm-hmm. east-westinstitute.com um, okay great yeah and people can reach me um through the institute um in the contact section and i would be very happy to um engage any interested individual uh, on the content we've discussed today. And of course, I offer the course and then also some spiritual counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I want to thank you, Keith, for a really interesting conversation. You're doing some wonderful work. Mm -hmm. It's very important work. Mm -hmm. And this really is a collective process. Mm -hmm. And so um, Mm -hmm. it's been a joy to to speak with you. And I, I think we have a very we have more conversations to have yeah <laughs> and and it points directly to uh, you know the unfolding of a very interesting process which we're going to see 
ever de ever deepening in the years ahead. So we're living in a very interesting and transformative period. Mm. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Mindfulness Experience podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Judson Davis. He gave us some incredible insights, and we've got other guests that do the same. Take a look at our old podcast, sign up, subscribe for the new ones, and connect with me if you'd like on social media. Visit my website at workmindfulness.com. Thank you again. See you on the next show. Take care.